You're a nigga I like your style, son. Thank you for tuning in to Soul for Thoughts Podcast, a weekly podcast where we discuss topics from music, politics, relationships, to issues that affect our black community. A very entertaining podcast. You won't be disappointed. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Soul for Thoughts Podcast. A podcast where the discussion will rock your soul. It's uncensored and no topic is off limits. Subject matters may be provocative and just downright offensive, but shit, at the end of the day, hey, we're just going to tell it like it is. First you get the money, then you get the power. After you get the power, people will respect you. It's the key to life. Money, power, respect, what you need in life. What's good, family? I'm your maestro for the show, Slip P. And playing the strings is the one and only Miss Pate. Hey, you guys. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I hope all is well, and I hope everyone week has been magnificent. I know we're a little bit behind schedule this week. Uh, I apologize. Had a lot going on this week. But overall, it's been a productive week, which is a good thing. One thing I do have to get back to, though, is read more in the evening. I have to finish this book that I'm currently on. I should be finished, but other things seem to always come up. I know how that go. I have to do better with my time management. <laughs> you know what they say. Time is money. Yeah, you're right about that. Um, It's been a lot of interesting things that surface in the media since the last time we talked that revolve around parenting, actually. And y'all know once the quote-unquote perfect parents on social media weigh in, then it's a wrap. Ain't no telling which way the narrative will go. T.I. taking his 18-year-old daughter to get her harmony check made a big splash. There were many opinions on both sides. A lot of people was mad and against it, calling him a creep. There were women who was insinuating that somehow he was obsessed with his daughter's body. That's crazy. Some said it teaches young ladies that their body don't belong to them, but there were some who actually applauded T.I. Babe, why do you think there was so much outrage against us? Was it her age or... The fact that he went instead of her mother? Probably both. Because um, she is 18. You know, at 18, they swear you just grown. Again, 18. She's still a teenager, so she still need guidance as well. Um, and then, of course, I guess people consider it as taking your daughter to the doctor is a woman thing. You know how society have that man-woman thing. So, I per- personally, I don't see an issue with it. Um, I really just highly doubt he was at the end of the table looking in like he was the doctor. <laughs> I mean, I really just don't think he was doing that. Um, I think a lot of it probably was just taken out of context. And it was it was different. You're not used to hearing a man say something like that. So right. it's different in which it's not the normal, shall I say. So I think that probably had a little something to do with it. Um, but as far as the him going, if they got an agreement on it going and that's how he run his household... I don't see anything wrong with it. Uh, but again, it's 
it's of course it's up to your household but i honestly think um and i i honestly think that we need more fathers who are really just more involved like i i, I don't like again you know i said i don't see issue with it um because i i, I think they must have that some type of agreement that that that's how he do things that's how i'm looking at it right i think the comment that made me say what was the lady who left a comment saying he gets to do whatever he want with his body he cheats on his wife and probably abused plenty of women homies but he has nerve to try to control his daughter's body oh wow they don't even have anything to do with each other yeah that's crazy <laughs> i just don't get the obsessed and controlling her body narratives i understand it was too much for some but taking his daughter to the doctor is not controlling or him being obsessed with her body regardless what he does as a man or a husband he still has the right to be a good father and do what he sees is fitting. I personally wouldn't do it, but I'm also not outraged that he did it either. Another thing that stuck out to me was a lot of men chimed in with their opinions, and many was against Tilt in his um doctor visit. You would think men as fathers would agree with him because most are very protective when it comes to their daughters, but not in this case. And you know he idolized T.I. Um, idolized Pop. He bet, um, he probably feeling like me against the world right now. <laughs> Another hot topic was the mother who went to school to discipline her son by whipping him and cussing him out. Now, that was real bad. Then she took him to the teacher to apologize for still giving him a few more licks and then told him, if this MF and woman calls me again, I'm going to break your effing face. Now, honestly, to me, that was too much. I seen people on social media justifying the woman's action by saying, my mama used to beat me with does or beat me with that. My mama came to the school and body slammed me. Kids today need that good old school ass whooping. The world's too sensitive now. Just because your parents raised you like that and even if you believe that type of discipline benefited you in some kind of way, still doesn't make it right or okay. In my opinion, it was wrong when your parents did it and it was wrong that this woman did it to her son. We're raising kids, human beings, not animals. It doesn't take abusing a child to discipline them. We have to get away from that slave mentality of beating a child to make them act right. Try talking to the child to see what's going on. A lot of the times, it's the parents or the teachers and not the child. The parents isn't talking, taking time with the child at home, and the teacher doesn't care or try to connect with the child at school, especially when race is involved. I never give a person the satisfaction of them witnessing me treat my child like that mother treated her son. Yeah, that was oh too much. Like I, I'm speechless when I when I heard about it and I started to watch the video and I had to stop it. Like it was it was way too much. For one, our children have feelings just like we do. They're human beings. Like at the end of the day, that's they're human beings just like we are. Um, she have she should have definitely handled it in a totally different way. Um, now I'm not against popping your child. You know, you've got to pop your child on the bottom a few times or pop the hand or something. I- I'm totally not against it. But when it comes down to beating them, oh no, you you can cash me all the way out of that. I'm not going to be beating my kid. Like, I mean, that was worse than you beating somebody up in the street or something. I don't, it was awful. Yeah, Joe Jackson probably don't want to hear that. <laughs> nah, he definitely don't want to hear that. That, that. that was rough. But... I definitely think it's a difference between popping your kid and beating them like we in a wrestling match because that's what it looked like to me. I had to stop it. I couldn't take it. It was too much. 
And then the last thing I want to bring up before getting to today's topic is the Alicia Keys video. If you haven't seen it, Alicia Keys did a live video talking about going to the nail salon with her four-year-old son and him wanting rainbow nail polish on his nails. After the lady polish his nails, he tells Alicia Keys that he doesn't want the polish now. So she asked him, like, why? You were so sure you was good. And he tells her that people wouldn't like it. So she basically was saying that it's crazy how judged we are all the time. We all have feminine and masculine energy inside all of us. So that shouldn't be a problem for someone to explore the different sides of themselves. People should be able to express those energies however they want to. And I understand her stance as a mother and want her son to be comfortable with who he is, but I'm on the fence with this one. I'm all for teaching young boys to express themselves and showing emotions, um, getting away from those ancient teachings of what we thought masculinity was, but this is not what I mean I had in mind. He's four. He's not trying to explore no feminine energy that's inside him. He probably is just doing what he sees his mother do. We trying to normalize the masculine black boys. It's okay to have young boys do boy things. A four-year-old boy should not be getting his nails painted. I understand I want gender labels such as like men shouldn't do this or women shouldn't do that. I understand painting your nails doesn't make you a man or a boy or less of a man or a boy. I understand I want your child to be influenced by society's opinions of what's wrong and what's right. But me personally... I wouldn't want my sons painting their nails or sitting in a nail shop. Yeah, I absolutely um, agree with you 100%. But what really got me was when she said, men paint their nails all the time. And her son said, really? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I said, really, too. Because I ain't never met a straight man to this day that paint his nails with colors. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe they do. But if you do, teach his own. But I highly doubt Swiss said, okay, let him do it. But, hey, I could be wrong. Maybe Swiss cool with it. Who knows? But I hate to say this, but I do believe things are for boys and some things are for girls. Like like um, Slick said, hey, I ain't trying to have my son paint his nails rainbow. That might need to bring DMX over to the house. Come on, son. What you doing? <laughs> What you doing? <laughs> yeah, we need somebody. Now, let's get into today's topic. Today, we'll be discussing finances and things that can help us be more financially literate. Finances was something that was never taught or rarely taught in black homes. We wasn't taught about the importance of having good credit, how to make our money work for us, or just being financially literate, period. For the most part, we was taught, go to school, get good grades and go to college, and get a good job. Nothing about how to keep the money once we make the money. And usually we mess up our credit as soon as we're old enough to get a credit card, unless your mama had the cable on her name when you were five. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of being able to buy something with no money made us light up. Well, I can't speak for everyone, but it made me light up. I remember when I first got my first credit card, I went in. I was a freshman in college. Um, my parents, they used to give us money, me and my sister money weekly while we was in college just to have some cash on us. I used to blow mines in a couple of days. By the time it got closer to the weekend, I was dead broke, <laughs> but I still wanted to go out. 
Still wanted to go to the liquor store, go to the mall to get clothes, go out to eat. But I ain't had not $1 to my name. Then I remember I got this good old credit card in my wallet. <laughs> Patting your pocket down <laughs> looking for it. I tell myself, I'm just going to use it this one time and do better manage my money next week. Next week come, I had the same conversation again with myself. Just repeating until I maxed out the credit card. <laughs> Not aware of the damages I had caused myself. I figured I'll pay it when I get some money, but they didn't work as planned either. Then I figured if it do go on my credit, it'll be off by the time I want to buy a house or something. The seven year mark. That didn't that didn't happen either. Those couple months of enjoyment set me back years, and I regret it. I wish I knew then the things that I know now, and that's how to leverage your credit to benefit you. So the first thing we're going to discuss is credit. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't know exactly what credit is and how to utilize it. Right, because credit is actually one of the most beneficial things that we have, um, that we actually have absolutely control over when it's used correctly. You want to establish credit, and there's multiple ways to establish credit, but the most popular way is through a credit card. You got two different types of credit cards, an unsecured and a secured credit card. Usually a secured credit card is for those with bad credit or no credit. With a secured credit card, you are paying the credit line up front in case you're not able to pay back what you spend. You're getting that trust with the bank, so eventually you can get an unsecured credit card. So let's say you put $300 down. Your credit limit is $300. You use the secure credit card like you would any other credit card. The main thing is to pay your bills on time and to use less than 30% of your credit limit, and that's to help build your credit up. Right, because once you establish that good credit, man, it's a whole different ball game. It's nothing. There's no. There's no greater feeling than walking into somewhere and you hold all the balls in your court. Now you get to tell them what you want and what they gonna do for you, versus them saying, "Oh, hold on one second, Miss Pate. Let me see what I can do for you." <laughs> <laughs> you know that's their line. Let me see what Favorite I can do line. for you. <laughs> Now that we have, you know, some good tools on how to establish credit, let's look into the five things that make up credit. The first one, and which is the most important, is payment history. Payment history, it holds 35% of your credit portfolio. So basically, payment history is what I stated earlier, and that's just paying your bills on time. Even paying a little extra when you can really look good on your credit report. Right. Let's remember that if we're using it like we're supposed to, we should only be using what we can pay back anyways within the 30-period time frame when the bill does come. So it shouldn't really be that hard. Pay your bills on time, and the payment history going to speak for itself. And considering it holds 35%, oh, we definitely need to pay on time. Number two is the amount owed. Now, the amount owed holds 30% of your credit profile. Now, honestly, that's just your debt to ratio. And to be honest with you, you really kind of want to keep that as low as possible. Rule of thumb, they say below 36%. But I feel like when you're living below your means, then you know you should be able to guide that very well. 
Um, but it, and also those that do have a lot more debt than their um, income, once you start paying some of that debt down, that helps your debt to ratio as well. So that's it. that's something that's a little bit more controllable once you, you know get into the the routine of watching and looking at your credit. And number three is the length of your credit history that holds fifteen percent. And honestly, that's just pretty much self-explanatory. The longer you have an open line of credit, the better. Um, they say one year minimum looks good but when you get into that five year them seven years and you and you just keep paying and keeping payments down low you, you see really, a big difference then what you see a big difference like you the banks look at you like you the goat in their eyes like you, you the goat walking in like bumpy johnson <laughs> bumpy <laughs> Bump. what you want today <laughs> now number four um is your um different types of credit now that holds ten percent. I know I said I was the maestro of the band earlier, but Bay done took over like duck on the fire hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not feeling it, JT. You know I wrote these songs of five point harmony. <laughs> it's all good though. She the credit guru. Yeah, the um the two main types of credit is installment credit and revolving credit. Now installment credit is a loan for a fixed amount of money and has a limit, and this is your furniture bills your car payments, your personal loans, your student loans, any bill that has an end date, basically. Revolving credit is credit that has a repeating cycle, meaning once you pay back the debt, those funds are then available to you again. This is your credit cards or your home equity line of credit. So the difference between the two is installment credit has an end date and revolving credit has no end date. Well, yup. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much sums it up, honey. I see you. You, you did your thing right there. Uh, I'm a good student. <laughs> sure. Let me see if I can teach you a little bit more then. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> now, number five, um, last but not least, is new credit. And it holds 10% of your credit profile. Right. So that means you want to try to limit the amount of new accounts you inquire. New inquirers can stay on your credit up to two years. So now we know what makes up credit. Now it's time to learn about how to use our credit to be beneficial. You don't want to go out there and just splurge, especially on liabilities. That's the shopping sprees, going out to eat, cash advances. You want to practice self-discipline. Absolutely right. Because the ultimate goal, of course, is to make it to the 800s. But let's just be honest. Without that discipline and that will to want, you're just not gonna make it though. You gotta have you have to want it. Let's just be honest. You gotta want it. Right. But at the end of the day, once you establish that credit, now you can leverage your credit. Cause credit is meant to be leveraged, not used for lavish. Absolutely. Ooh, I like that. It's used for lavish. Okay, okay, I see you. I see you. You know, you also use it to be lavish. You're supposed to use it to leverage, to get in a better space. Mm-hmm. Now, once you've built that credit up, now you can leverage your credit and buy that house that you want. Of course, within your means, because you got to be able to afford it. But my favorite part is now you can leverage your credit to buy that building that you've been wanting to buy mm-hmm. to get your business front. Everybody's starting their business up, but with that credit, 
Now you can get that business front that you be looking for. That's another way that you can leverage it. Bob at the block. What? <laughs> and another really good thing that you can take your credit for and leverage is buying rental properties. We trying to make generational wealth. That's another really good way. You can leverage your credit to buy those to buy those rental properties so you can bring in another set of income. Mm-hmm. Who don't want another set of income? I know I do. Say I. <laughs> About five or six more, actually. You know, I, I want 10 before I'm out of here. <laughs> I want 10. <laughs> but one of my personal favorites is when you've built that relationship with your credit card company. Now they think you the GOAT. And now they upgrade your card. They put a little more sauce on it. <laughs> and they give you those cash backs or either cash reward cards. And those cards are like the, literally the best thing since shoestrings. Of course, when you're using it correctly. Like for me personally, why it's my favorite is because I'm one of those people that don't really carry a lot of cash. So I'm always swiping my card. So instead of me swiping my debit card, I swipe my credit card. So whether I go to the grocery store, maybe I went and got gas, maybe I even paid childcare for the kids for the week. But I swipe my credit card. So, just to give you a little intake on how that works, when you swipe your card, you get a, a percentage on everything that you spend. And what that does is, it's, gonna, it's either going to give you cash back, if you got a cash back card, or it's going to give you cash reward points, if you got a cash reward points, which you can cash those out and get like gift cards and stuff like that. But, the thing is, when you are using it like a debit card instead of a credit card, you can't forget you want to stay within your means, of course. And at the end of the night, or at least, I would say at least by the end of the week, you want to pay all that back that you done spent, just like you was doing from your debit card. But that's one of my personal favorites because now I just leveraged my credit and I just had all my transactions that I would have been using on my debit card to make me money by using my credit card. So that's one of my absolute favorites <laughs> when it comes down to leveraging my credit to make me money. Because at the end of the day, we're trying to build generational wealth. We're trying to build credit to benefit us in the, wrong, in the long run. So, we use credit to get our foot in the door. It's meant for leveraging to get yourself in a better position. So, now we're moving on to money management. Money management includes budgeting. I know when we hear the word budget, we get in our feelings. <laughs> they hate that B word. We automatically assume <laughs> negative thoughts. You start thinking about all the things you love to do that you may have to cut back on. But it's better to sacrifice now and build a cushion in order to live more comfortable. It's the foundation to becoming more financial free. It's not all about restricting what you spend or cutting all the fun out your life. It's more about understanding how much money you're bringing in and then planning how to allocate those funds best. No matter how much money you make, if you're not managing your money properly, You'll never be able to be financially free. Me and my wife, we used to have these weekly business meetings. We would sit down, usually on Sundays, and discuss the bills for the month and extra activities we might have coming up, like birthdays or holidays. We'd discuss savings, and then we would set a budget for both of us. When we did that, we were able to save so much money. And not only that, we knew where the money was going. Because a lot of times, we would swipe, 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 swipe our debit cards for everything. And with both of us swiping and not really paying attention to what we're spending, we wasn't able to account for all our money. We would sit down and be like, 
dang, where did our money go? We made XYZ this month, but it's not reflecting in our account. We don't have much to show for it. Right then, we knew we needed a budget. We couldn't continue to go down that path, especially having goals we want to accomplish. Lord knows. Everybody hate that big B word. <laughs> <laughs> they use every other B word in the world. But that B word right now, they can't stand to hear that budget word. What, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, it ain't nothing wrong with balling on a budget. I ball on the budget all the time. And I don't care who knows. We budget it over here. But because because at the end of the day, you have to tell people, I don't have it. And you you probably do have it. You just don't have it for that. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> it's a difference. So I ain't saying I ain't got no money, honey. I'm just saying I ain't got no money for what you want me to have that money for. Okay. We ain't doing that. But it's okay to say... When your friend be like, girl, you want to go out this weekend? Or, girl, let's go get something to eat. It's okay to say, that's not in my budget. Catch me next week when I put that into my budget. Trust me, you will thank me later. Trust me. <laughs> okay. But, hey, it all goes back to self-discipline. It's, it's got to be a will or something that you want. Savings is also a big part of money's management. It can also be included in your budget as well. A lot of financial advisors says it's good to have at least three to six months of living expenses saved for emergency funds. This includes all your necessities, not the extra stuff that you'll cut out your budget eventually. If you think it's too hard to reach, then start small and work your way up because you never know when something might come up. Like, for example, when we bought our house, the Havoc unit started to act up. We moved in like in December and it started to act up around May or June. Around the summertime, we have homeowners insurance, so we put a claim in. They had someone come out and check the units and also check for leaks in the line and also in the attic. The service guy told us if there's a problem in the outside unit, then we are covered. They would just replace the whole unit and it would come fully stocked with Freon. But if the problem is in the attic, then it may get expensive for us out of pocket because they only cover parts and labor, not Freon or any additional duct work that may have to be done. So, of course, the problem wasn't outside, but in the attic. We had to replace a car, get new door work done to fit the new car, and refill both Havac units for Freon. Our out-of-pocket cost was about $3,000. Luckily, we had emergency fund put us out, or we'd been shit out of luck. Saving 10% of your check would definitely help you build that savings account up, too. I read this book called The Richest Man in Babylon, and in the book, George Clayson dis- um, discusses about saving 10% of your earnings before you do anything else, even before you pay your bills. Save 10% and budget everything else out the other 90%. If your lifestyle exceeds that 90%, then use it. That's an indication that you're living above your means. In the book, Mr. Clayson explains that saving that 10% is building up a nest edge to secure your future. If you use your money to pay your bills and everything else first, you might risk the chance of not having anything left over for yourself. You can never acquire your wealth. Everybody's getting paid except for who? You. But if you pay yourself first, you will always have something to build on. And over time, you will require a big bag for yourself. And everybody like that big bag. Love that big bag. Won't it? Gotta have it. <laughs> <laughs> you can easily have your job take 10% out your check and deposit it into your savings account. 
Over time, you won't even realize the 10% is even taken out. Don't just put the 10% in your savings account, though. Invest it. Had that 10% make you even more money. You can invest it in stocks, put it in your 401k or your Roth IRA. And 401k is good. It's a good tool to help save for retirement and also to invest in stocks. You should never put more in your 401k than your company is putting in. If your company matches up to 6%, then only invest 6%. Only invest whatever your company matches. Usually, 401k plans have you invest in their mutual funds. But if you can control your own portfolio, then you can maneuver with more riskier stocks, but also more profitable stocks. You know what they say, bigger the risk, greater the reward. I really just want to say this right here. Do not let that 10% scare you. Because it is, I know when you say 10%, you're like, man, how I'm going to do that? Because that's normally what people always ask me. How you even, how you even get started? And the main thing is you want to get started. Once you start paying yourself first and then paying your bills and budgeting out your money based off what you have left after you saved, then you'll be able to do it with no problem. But again, the main thing is to get started. Like my honey said, because at the end of the day, I don't care if it's $5 that you save every time you get paid. Once you get comfortable with them $5, then we can boost it on up to fifty dollars. Now you now you got that train running. You did fifty now. It's time to move it on up to a hundred dollars every time you get paid. Before you know it, you're gonna look in that account. You're gonna see thousands, and you're gonna be like, "Where in the world does come from?" Just being consistent, having that will to want, you can do it. Cause honestly, we can do anything we put our mind to. But at the end of the day, it ain't even how you start. It's absolutely how you finish. Yeah, you can't be scared. Oh, I know y'all ain't scared, is y'all? Nah. I know y'all ain't scared. Oh, you want me to take you home? I'll take you home, you scared. Nah, nah, I ain't trying to home. I'm trying to win. We winning together. Let's get this. Hey, we talked about establishing credit. We talked about different types of credit, how to leverage your credit. We talked about budgeting. And we also talked about saving. Those are tools to help us get started to this path to financial freedom. We're not experts. But these tools has definitely paid dividends for us. You don't have to follow our blueprint, but it's something you can look back on and help guide you. I told y'all on the first episode, we're going to build. And hopefully this episode opened your eyes and brought more clarity to your financial situation. This week, Album of the Week comes from Dave East. He dropped his new album last week titled Survival. This album instantly became one of my favorites of the year. Who knows, it might end up being my top five. At the end of the year, I'm going to do a top five album of the year, so y'all going to have to wait and see. This album gave me the same vibes as Nipsey's Victory Lap. What's crazy is that Dave actually has a song. It's his last song on the album. It's a tribute to Nipsey called The Marathon Continues. This album has a few heartfelt stories where he gets personal, talks about his upbringing. It has good production and it also offers a little versatility. My favorite tracks are Need a Sign and On My Way to School. This album has 20 tracks, so you may want to skip a few, but overall, this is a good album. So go check it out. Remember, don't forget to follow Soulful Thoughts Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Don't hesitate to leave a comment 
or share your thoughts about each episode. I love the feedback. Tell your family and friends to download, subscribe each episode and listen. Enjoy them. Until next time, keep those thoughts soulful. Love.